Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by a student of Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday service. So welcome again. Um, and uh, once again, normally uh, Lama Jinpa would be uh, talking on this Sunday, but I am filling in today. And um, when I asked him what he wanted me to speak about, um, I was actually a little bit surprised because he says, you know, I really want you to uh, do a talk about our mindful living program. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and he said, well, here's the deal. So um, you're going to see this uh, kind of uh, language coming up um, on our website uh, starting pretty pretty soon here. Um, and you're going to see things start to refer to like on Meetup and Facebook and on our website to our Mindful Living program. And um, what this sort of is, it's just kind of all part of Lama's master vision of Shambhala, master vision of creating a Shambhala community um, here in Lion's Roar. And it's really kind of a, a new designation for something we've been doing all along, ever since Lions Roar existed, which is all of kind of the, the different daily meditation groups, um, and in particular since we moved in here. All of the different daily meditation groups, the morning meditations and the evening meditations uh, that we offer, you know, the open meditation time in the morning, the uh, Tuesday night group, Wednesday night, Thursday night, um, the weekend morning meditation groups, are all part of that program. Um, and in a way, it's kind of, Lama's looking at it as kind of the secular Dharma arm of Lion's Roar. Bless you. Um, and, you know, why are we talking about this? Why would we have a secular Dharma program at a Buddhist temple, at a Buddhist Dharma center? Um, you often hear Lama talking about um, the Buddha Dharma as being kind of a new form of humanism uh, that embraces both the secular and the sacred paths to transformation. Um, so he really, really wants to begin to emphasize that so that we end up feeling in the end more inclusive, right? So everybody feels like they have a place to come. Um, so he, he calls it that kind of new humanism. We probably all heard of him speak of it as being like a sacred psychology. In fact, you hear that often in regards to Buddhism, that it's a sacred psychology. And although I feel like that is totally accurate, um, I also feel like it's maybe a little bit narrow because like in our lineage, we also incorporate the arts and academic study and music. So to me, like humanism actually feels like a little broader and more inclusive and in a way more accurate because it kind of takes into account everything that we're doing, you know, philosophy and art and music and dance and the whole thing. So at LRDC, we have these kind of two tracks. Um, we have, uh, so we can accommodate all of these different kinds of people with different styles. We have our traditional Dharma studies, like our Sunday morning services. Uh, we have teachings with uh, Geshe Damshala. Uh, we have classes with people like Susan. On Friday evenings, we have kind of our more ceremonial stuff, like Medicine Buddha and Tonglen, you know, really specifically Buddhist stuff. Um, 
And so the sacred part kind of includes the lineage Dharma teachings, ceremonies like when high lamas come and perform empowerments and, and ceremonies and things like that. And we take refuge in the Four Jewels. We train directly with our teacher. Um, and we take a long view based on karma and rebirth. And in our tradition, our specific tradition, we also make a commitment to cultivating bodhicitta, right? The spirit of awakening for ourselves, but not just for ourselves, but for all other beings. We're trying to wake up and wake up everyone else along with us. Um, And it's a huge, serious commitment, right? Taking refuge and all of that is a huge commitment. It's, It's a lot like getting married. Um, It's intended to be for a lifetime. And it's a very deep commitment that involves a lot of moving parts. Again, a lot of study, training with the teacher. Um, And not everyone is looking for that. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with not looking for that. Um, Not everybody's ready for it yet. And that's totally okay. Because we're all at different places in the path. And that's why we have this second track. Right, because we want everyone to feel comfortable here. And that's where the Mindful Living program kind of comes into play. Um, We have all these incredible groups that all of our volunteers at Lions Roar do. They get up every morning early, and they come here every day, and they open the place up at 7, and there's someone here every day waiting for people to come and meditate. So that happens every morning. And again, in the evenings, we have our Tuesday evening mindfulness meditation support group, beginning meditation on Wednesday, shamatha meditation on Thursday. And the funny thing is, is even though all of these programs have different names and stuff, the reality is that they're all essentially the same, right? All of those programs are all basically covering the same thing, calm, abiding meditation. Um, They're really covering shamatha, breathing, calm, abiding meditation. And they aren't specifically Buddhist, right? So with the exception of things like Medicine Buddha, Tonglen, and like the evening uh, Buddhist moon practices, all of these groups are actually kind of in a way almost more of a psychological approach to mindfulness, kind of some similarities to like cognitive behavioral therapy, like, you know, John Kabat-Zinn in Full Catastrophe Living. Um, So they don't have the same kinds of overtones that you would get like if you were coming to specifically Tonglen or Medicine Buddha or a Sunday service. Um, And many traditions, not just Buddhism, many traditions have a meditation like that, right? A calm, abiding type of practice where they're just sort of interested in noticing thoughts, noticing what's happening, and learning to just kind of calm all of that down. Um, And the difference here at Lion's Roar is that it isn't just kind of a meditation program off on its own, you know? It's still deeply entwined with this overall Shambhala vision for lion's roar, but without the part about cultivating bodhicitta, without the part about you know, taking that long view of you know, coming back, being a bodhisattva, and saving all beings, there's, of course, still kindness and compassion. 
um, but not on the level of saving all beings. Um, so really what the Mindful Living Program is is a non-sectarian approach to learning real tranquility and insight meditation. Um, and it's taught from kind of a secular humanist point of view, but it's also completely rooted in authentic Buddhist truth. Um, but there's no obligations. There's no expectation of any sort of belief or a religious view at all. Um, you know, Buddhist, non-Buddhist, another religion, anyone is welcome. So uh, there's no expectations of like diving in with both feet or of, you know, coming to Sunday services or something. Um, people are willing, you know, it's, it's, it's like the ocean. People come and go. So you can see, like, really, when you think about it, it, it really is kind of an expression of the middle way, like a really practical expression of the middle way. Because, again, Lama often talks about there being, like, two tracks, right? And so, like, one track is the religious, kind of the more religious, you know, traditional lineage dharma. And then the other track is the mindful living program. And then like the vehicle in between is these Buddhist teachings that support both. And that both can draw from. Um, and so people have choices. But they're still all part of a community. And they're still all working together. So there's no judgments about you're doing this and you're not doing that or this person's not doing enough. Because everybody's doing exactly what they should be doing right at that moment, right where they are. So it's really about cultivating a vision of Shambhala, um, an inclusive view of a compassionate community, compassionate culture, where um, secular and sacred come together interdependently and work together and can get along. And it's all OK um, in relation to one another. So it's completely inclusive. So everyone can receive authentic teachings that meet them right where they're at, no matter where they're at, right at that moment. And I mean, we all know that there are times when maybe like you're, even if you have taken refuge and stuff, there are times when you're feeling a little more religious and there are times you're like, holy cow. So you know, there's that whole ebb and flow. And that's, that's why we're structured this way. So it accommodates that pulse, you know? It's not a steady state. And we understand that. It's like this. And we're here to support every, everyone where they're at in that moment. Um, so we include those two tracks and art and music. And we volunteer out in the community. Plus we have beautiful ceremonies. Plus we have yard sales. So we have a little bit of everything for a little bit of everybody. But we do it all from a place of kindness, from, you know, from the heart. You know, Lama says, warm hand to warm hand, warm heart to warm heart. Um, and that's really, to me, that's really important. Um, it's kind of ironic that one of the first things I wanted to do that I asked Lama about when we um, moved into this incredible, beautiful temple was, um, I was like, you know, for some reason, I, I really want to set up a secular Dharma group. So that was why 
um, he had me do, start doing mindfulness meditation for everybody on Saturday mornings. Um, but again, it, it has to come from that place of kindness and compassion because you don't have to be a Buddhist to cultivate those. And as Buddhists, we don't have like, you know, soul ownership over those qualities. You know, there's all kinds of people everywhere that have those in spades. Um, so Lama wants things to be really, really clear that our lineage Dharma Center is a place for all beings, uh, no matter what perspective they're coming from, um, whether they consider themselves Buddhist or not. Um, so there's like no test or anything when you come. Uh, we aren't trying to discern who's sufficiently devoted or who believes what. You know, it's like we're not worried if there's like a, a, a Hindu hiding in the woodwork or something like that. You know, it's like people are fine. It's like, oh, they have a Hindu idea. It's like, well, that's okay. You know? <laughs> as long as we're moving forward together within that kind of Shambhala view, of compassionate, enlightened community. Um, we belong. That's it. You know, no tests, no requirements, no, you don't have to bow, you don't have to buy into anything other than just being compassionate and kind. And that's it. Simple. So, um, in order to just, we, he just really wants to make that like really, really, really clear to the community and really the whole world. So, um, he just wanted to have me like start this morning. He and I are actually going to be starting to work on like a little booklet, a little handout. That we, always have, we always have a handout to give out. And, and then you'll start seeing language on the website and on Facebook and like the meetup. On, on the Meetup website, you're going to see that language. Um, because we just really, really want to kind of start turning outward and um, be a beacon so that everyone can come and feel like they have a, a home and a place to be, a, a safe space to land at. Questions? Comments? Discussion? What do you guys think? Um, yeah, a comment and a question. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're talking about makes me think of um, something that I read in one of Thich Nhat Hanh's books about um, one of his students who was a Catholic saying that, or a Christian saying that um, Buddhism uh, helped him to become a better Christian. Mm-hmm. So I think it just helps you become a better anything. <laughs> right. I'm a mom, so it's helping me be, be a better mom. So. That was just something that I thought of when, as you were talking. And then the other thing that I would love, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about, um, is the Shambhala vision, mm-hmm. for those of us who are not maybe not as familiar with that concept. Okay. I will do my best. Um, there's a lot of history to Shambhala. Um, some of you may have heard the, of the Kala Chakra practice, the, the Kala Chakra Tantra. Um, and Kala Chakra is part of the Lion's Roar Mandala, part of the, one of the greater practices that we do. You see, we actually have a, a Tonka of the Kala Chakra Mandala in the back. It is a main practice of the Dalai Lama. Um, he has done dozens of Kala Chakra for World Peace empowerments. And our 
um, heart lineage teacher, uh, Jado Toku Rinpoche, um, is a Kala Chakra master, uh, bestowed the Kala Chakra Jainong to Lion Drawer, has led Kala Chakra retreats, and we are really praying that he will come back actually fairly soon and um, give more teachings on it. Um, Kala Chakra is um, a very large and expansive uh, practice, uh, sadhana prayer that encompasses the entire universe. Um, but also, um, in addition to that, it encompasses the vision of Shambhala. And the interesting thing about Shambhala is, although it's um, part of this incredible tantra that l really involves everything in the universe, the Shambhala vision is really kind of in a way a very practical vision of how do you run an enlightened community, an enlightened kingdom, as it were. Shambhala is like the, the pure land, the kingdom that the Buddha Kala Chakra lives in, and it's ruled by a king who has to be a wise ruler. And the idea is that Shambhala is a place where we all exist in this enlightened community working together. So the idea of, um, you know, when you, when you eventually become Kala Chakra, when you wake up and you have all of those qualities, Shambhala is where you dwell, but the reality is we are all already Buddhas. So where is Shambhala? Right here, right now. This is Shambhala. But like any organization or building or administration, it needs maintenance. It needs people to work and work together and contribute energy and uh, be responsible and interdependent. So um, it's part of a, of a kind of religious overview, but it's also a very practical vision of how do you run an enlightened community, which is how I ended up in Lions or administration, because when I went to Lama and said, you know, I really want to dig deep in my Kala Chakra practice. I really, really want to, like, go deep into it. I just feel this real link to Kala Chakra, and he says, okay, you're an administrator now. So, yay, paperwork! <laughs> so, so, you can see, again, right, the two tracks, right? The, the beautiful, lofty, inspiring, and the everyday nuts and bolts together, walking side by side, right? Into enlightenment. Interdependent no matter who you are, don't have to be a Buddhist. Isn't there a, I think I heard you talk, Susan, maybe about a story about an ant being on the foot of a monk doing circumambulations on a stupa, and the ant attained enlightenment because he went along, right? And he was just there, and he got enlightened. So, other questions, comments, complaints, concerns?
Well, and it's not just um, how do you run an enlightened society. It's it's how are you in one. Exactly. How how can everybody be a part of it, no matter what your role or responsibility is. Exactly. Whether you're or uh, children, you yeah. know. I mean, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's it's the society community how do we piece interdependently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I should have been more specific, yeah. The Shambhala view is how you run things. Our responsibility is how we are within the view. So, and again, that's, that's maintaining the view that we are interdependent no matter where we're at. And that's why Lama always says, meet people where they are at. Um, if you want them to meet you where you think they should be at, you're always going to be disappointed. So, if Lama's going to, I know he was a member of the uh, Buddhist Peace and Freedom Party at one time. I wonder if that could be reinstigated you or re. You have to talk to Lama about that. Because I just think there should You'd be more social. Got to talk to Lama about that. You'll probably end up running a group if you do. Yeah. Right. Suggest it. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, Peter, because <laughs> I can guarantee you he'll he'll say well. If he says yes, you'll end up being the one to run it. So. <laughs> Pretty much what Buddhism is all about. Any other questions or comments? Um, hi everyone, this is my first time here. Um, <laughs> um, I just wanted to comment and say um, this was an amazing experience and it's also, from what it seems like you guys are trying to do, um, I, I feel like it's right now especially, it's really important because like if this was happening in more places in the country or in a lot of places, We'd have a better country, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So we are definitely with you on that. This has been a Lions Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org. dot org.